Another great episode of Mystery of Parenthood coming up. If you like what you hear, go to redsearadio.org, click on the donate button, and become a monthly sustaining member. Please support us. Thank you, and God bless. All right. You know what that music means. You are listening to The Mystery of Parenthood. And um, before we get started on this July 5th day live, um, which is rarity, we're going to start, as we always do, with our prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Lord God, from you, every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. Father, you are love and life. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, born of woman, And through the Holy Spirit, the fountain of divine charity, grant that every family on earth may become for each successive generation a true shrine of life and love. Grant that your grace may guide the thoughts and actions of husbands and wives for the good of their families and of all the families in the world. Grant that the young may find in the family solid support for their human dignity and for their growth in truth and love. Grant that love strengthened by the grace of the sacrament of marriage, may prove mightier than all the weaknesses and trials through which our families sometimes pass. Through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, grant that the Church may fruitfully carry out her worldwide mission in the family and through the family. We ask this of you, who is life, truth, and love with the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Holy Family of Nazareth, pray for us. St. John Paul II, pray for us. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, Amen. Hey, so we're uh, we're live today. So that's a, yes, indeed, yeah, you do. July fifth, uh, eleven and five or whatever it is. Um, and since it's July fifth, I was I was thinking belated you know, Happy Independence Day. Yeah, belated Happy Independence Day, and and that was um, part of the reason for what I think we're what why I thought we would talk about today our topic, which is. On freedom, it's such a it's it's another word that's thrown around quite a bit, and mm. I think often misunderstood. Um, and to kind of give a Catholic perspective for um, what it is, and biblically, I we we have I thought we'd start we could start with this verse, and then I'm gonna then I'm gonna pull up a uh, a catechism uh, on freedom as well, and then we'll kind of dive into what all it what all it says and. So uh, St. Paul, in, in his letter to the Galatians, um, chapter 5, verse 1, says, For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand fast, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. So Christ <laughs> has set us free for freedom. Uh, and so freedom is obviously a very important part of being a Christian and a proper understanding of what freedom is. And the Catechism in 1731, in um, section 1731, <clears throat> excuse me, says, Freedom is the power rooted in reason and will to act or not to act, to do this or that, and so to perform deliberate actions on one's own responsibility. By free will, one shapes one's own life. And I think that's a great um, thing. It's it's the power to to make choices, um, to to make choices that is what freedom is, and that those choices are what ultimately are used by the use of our free will to shape our lives. And so, um, I think that I think that. I think there's nothing there that might be a little um, different than what most people think of freedom, but there's also an important point. I think I think John Paul II. I don't have this quote in front of me, but but I I know when he talked about freedom, he freedom is not license, but is rather the um, ability to do what one ought to do, and so. Freedom is tied to something. It's second, you know, right now it's, I think, at the top of the list of things that people will argue for. Uh, But it's for something. It's not freedom from something. It's not freedom from rules or from 
doing good or from it's it's freedom from anybody else telling me what I ought to do. Instead, it's freedom to be able to do the good, the you know to enjoy the beautiful, to be just, to 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 make decisions and move from that. So I know in in the one of the cool things from a from a Catholic perspective is it's as they've always taught. It's kind of what's it, it's the image of. It's part of being in the image and likeness of God that we that we can actually do something to form our lives. But the church also would say that that because we're um, sinful beings, that we often misuse our freedom or become enslaved to things, thinking that we're using our freedom freely. And so we need God's grace to actually be able to do it. And so it's a very Catholic sense of it's, it's we're cooperating. So there's something for us to do, but it's God's grace that enables us to live out that freedom. And I remember, you know, yesterday I saw a, um, a deal that I thought was, you know, pretty amazing, you know, with regard to by signing the, I saw this on a, I think this is on a deal up in, I I believe it's outside where the Declaration of Independence was signed. And this is from, I said, by signing the Declaration, I'm reading this, by signing the Declaration of Independence, the 56 Americans pledged their lives, their fortunes, and their sacred honor. It was no idle pledge. His nine signers died of wounds during the Revolutionary War. Five were captured or imprisoned. Wives and children were killed, jailed, mistreated, or left penniless. Twelve signers' houses were burned to the ground. Seventeen lost everything they owned, and no signer defected. Their honor, like their nation, remained intact. And that's a pro- you know that's that's a proper understanding of freedom. Sometimes freedom means that we have to make choices that may have impact on us as individuals in order that others might benefit from what what you've done that's the that's the um that's the heroic nature of freedom to choose it not obviously the number one heroic <laughs> was was Jesus freely accepting what God's plan, what his father's plan was for the salvation of men, right? I mean, he um, he freely laid down his life for the sake of us. So he went through something bad, sacrificial, something awful, something that he didn't, even, he didn't have to do, so to speak, but he freely chose because he knew the great good that would come from the infinite good that would come from his laying down his life for the sake of me, Thaddeus, everybody who's listening and all who aren't listening. And so we're meant to, to be willing to do that, to lay down our lives for the sake of others. And, and if you think about it from a, fortunately it doesn't mean that the house is going to be burned down or people are going to be mistreated day-to-day life of being a dad or being a mom is exactly that to lay down freely your the stuff you may want to do for the sake of your children maybe choose not to go on a vacation that maybe you could go on because you need the money to help your kids with school or something it it could be i'm not going to go out with my f- friends tonight because i need to stay home and help my son or child or or daughter with their homework. I mean, those are, so we don't need to make it as big as what these people did. I mean, they, they truly did lay down their lives, but we can't, we don't need to make it that, but I still think that's heroic in this age where freedom misunderstood says, well, you ought to be able to do whatever you want. Right. So if I want to go out with my friends or if I want to go and do this or want to leave my family and not take care of them because that's what I want to do. We have an obligation to do it. And it's, it's a a freedom that we choose. It's use of our freedom 
to choose to give our lives for the sake of to for the sake of others and that that doesn't always have to have to be like these 56 people that signed the declaration of independence it's a day-to-day laying down your life for the other in imitation of Christ himself who said there's no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends and so we have to look at freedom and say it is a gift but it's not to do whatever I want. It's to do what I ought to do. And there's a lot of ought <laughs> in day-to-day life. You know, I'd like to sleep in. I'd like to not, you know, I'd like to rest. I'd like to well, go. <laughs> what, that's interesting what you said there, which is uh, brings to mind that life is such that every free choice that we make uh, I would say every necessarily comes carries oughts with it in its consequences. Right. So, so there are certain oughts that we uh, encumber upon ourselves as a consequence of making a a it choice. A choice. There are certain choices that make you know if I so obligation comes is a, is a consequence of the exercise of our freedom. Right, and an obligation is not something that imposes itself in a way that takes away our freedom. It's an actual exercise of our freedom because of the choices that we've made. It's for that. I mean, if I go, you know, when I went to work where I where I work currently, you know, I laid out a a plan to say, and they hired me based on this is what you know production would be like. That was a grace-filled moment to be able to lay out the plan. I felt like God was directing me on to do it. But there are things that I said, I'm committing to do this stuff to re- achieve these results. And for that, in their trust of me, they pay me <laughs> to go to work every day. Mm-hmm. Now, they don't sit there and check on me. It's, it's, a, it's a use of my freedom. But... I have I need to get up and 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 do what I said I was going to do. So when I get married and I make those promises to my wife, there are obligations that have come with that that are not imposing for that's it you've you've made that choice and therefore you're going to use your freedom to choose your wife and her good. You're going to use your freedom to choose your children and their good. And so I think there's a misconception that we see a lot of in in today's world in particular that to be free means to have no obligations. To be free is to have nothing that I have to do. To be free is to do whatever I want to do, whether it's good or evil. And freedom kind of really in the proper sense is there's something for that. The, the, it's it, the freedom is for making those choices, but there are obligations that we take in making. When I went to work for them, I obligated myself to. Here's my plan. I'm going to try to do that every day as best I can. When I married my wife, will you accept children as gifts from the Lord and raise them up in the faith? That's an obligation that I can do. It's not something I walk away from. I, I think it's important as parents to also help our children understand that uh, whatever moral system they ultimately end up deciding to live under, um, there are going to be certain oughts that, that come along with it. So if they, if they decide to become, you know, devotees of, um, Secular humanism. Right. Uh, well, there are certain oughts that come along with, with that ideology or that package of, of right. how one should live their life. There, there's, you know, oughts that come along with how the human is supposed to relate to the environment, to the right. ecology. There's oughts that come along with how human beings are supposed to use their sexual powers. Right. Like there's, there's, there's a sexual morality. Right. If you can call it that, 
Right. Um, I think you understand what I'm saying. That goes yeah. along with 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 that. So every you know every ideology, whatever whatever ideology or worldview they ultimately decide to take up, they're still going to be. They're still going to. They're still going to be, be under. They're going to be bounded by certain oughts or obligations or expectations of of behavior. Right, and I and I so, think that that's that that is. So the question is, I mean, they need to for, see that with eyes they need to wide see open. It. And I and I think it's important at this point uh, to point out that you know, as as Pope Benedict and and many others before have pointed out, that the the, the reason to become a Christian is not for the moral aspect. Because I've heard there's people that say, well, you know, it's good to be a Christian because you treat other people nicely and you do all that. But the reality is, is that that flows from the most important thing about being a Christian, which is an encounter and a relationship with the person, Jesus Christ. That's, that's it. And so everything flows from that. What, what, you know, the, there was always the wristbands to what would Jesus do uh, for better, or for worse at some level, that is the way we should think we're part of, his body. We were one of his members. And so if we're truly Christians, we're in an encounter with him and we should pray about the choices we make. And when we make a commitment, we should move forward with that commitment, trusting in his grace, but also trusting in the fact that he's put that on our hearts and asked for us to cooperate by planning to the best of our ability, by choosing to do certain things that 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 choice requires of us and that that's an exercise of freedom. That's not an imposition or a lack of freedom. And so I think it's, I think it's really important to teach our kids. For example, I mean, one of the things that I remember my kids always saying, well, you know, of course, you know, you can do anything you want, dad, you know, because they see me as, as the boss, you know, or whatever. And I said, no, I, I mean, I can't. And that's not a bad thing that I can't. I can't do whatever I want. I mean, y'all need to be fed. You, 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 you need a house to stay in. You need to be able to go to school. You need to do all these things. And for your sake, I get up and go to work and for mine too. But at least in part, it's because I, and I ought to go to work and, and to a certain extent, I have to go to work in order to to do what my duty is as and those are things that I think a lot the idea of duty the idea of of this is what I've chosen to do therefore I must do these things is not a loss of freedom it's the exercise of freedom and and I think in this world there's a lot of that you know it worries me you know people getting married so much later in life you know that that's what you know they think that that's like a I, I want to be free until, <laughs> and then I'm going to, you know, the, you know, the old ball and chain as they, mm-hmm. as, as the old term even conveyed that, that loss of freedom, but it's not. And and that's the beauty of, of it. Just as like a Christ didn't, you know, I guess technically he had to will what the father willed, right? He had to say, I, 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 not my will, but your will be done. And for us, the same thing for 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 us. That should be the exercise. Not my, not my will, but your will be done. So, how do I know what what his will for me is? Well, as a husband, I've already made some things that rules out things that I can't do. Right, but again, that's not losing freedom. That's just exercising freedom within the confines of what. It happens. We're not free to do, you know, no, no healthy society or person is free to do uh, whatever they want. I mean, there are there are things that help us live that are part of what makes us free. I've, I've, we've used this example plenty of times with our kids. So let's just let's just assume that freedom's doing whatever you want. So I could drive a hundred miles an hour down our down our street if I could get going that fast. You know, on the left side of the road. And that was an exercise of freedom, and that's okay. And well, no, it's not okay. How free would anybody else, if they knew that everybody could drive whatever speed they wanted, wherever they wanted, would would we be really free? The reality is no, because everybody would be petrified to go out or send your kids out. Mm -hmm. So, So to have limits or 
guideposts or, you know, we've talked about the funnel in raising, in raising kids. You, you have to have those limitations um, in order to live freely, right? I mean, it's not, it's not either or, this idea of, of being completely void or lacking any sort of limits or guideposts or you got to you got to operate within within these things is for the sake of the other um and again that's ultimately what our freedom is for as well not just not just for our sake but for the sake of those people who are entrusted to us our wives our children whatever right and and i think that that's important to talk to to your children and teach them number one that freedom means that you have to do that there are things that you must do and that freedom that that is often talked about is not a freedom from any rules or limits or guidelines and that those rules and limits and guidelines that we have on moral teaching from the church or on from the civil authority saying, you know, the speed limit here is 70 or 75 or 35 or whatever are not limits on your freedom. They're, they're allow a society to be free. Let's talk about freedom in the, in the relationship to, um, charity. Yeah. In the Catholic understanding of charity, that is loving God, loving neighbor, why is freedom essential to love? love? We hear a lot about love right. today. Why is freedom properly ordered and understood essential to love yeah. properly ordered and understood? And that's, a, that's important because that's the, you know, love's another term that gets thrown around quite a bit. Um, love properly understood is to give oneself for the sake of another, right? To, 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 say I, I will the good of this other person is is what love is. Well first you have to have you have to you have to for it to be love it means I'm I'm freely giving myself to this other person or to this other thing. Love would not be love if it was forced or coerced or you know you have to do this in that way. I freely lay down my life for that. That's where, that's again, the understanding of, that's why a lot of people ask and, and, and say that love, I mean, that if God is love and if God is all powerful, that evil should never exist. Right. And so evil is a, is a privation of the good. It's something, it's mm-hmm. something that's, it's not in and of itself, something that exists, I guess. I'm, I'm not technical theologian on this, but, but the reason evil exists is because God wants us to love him and love our neighbor as ourself by free choice, by our free choice, which means if it's a free choice that they have to have the freedom to choose to not give themselves away, to not serve, to not do whatever. And that's when evil happens when somebody who ought to, should do what they're doing, chooses not to as an exercise of their free will, that is actually what points to the fact that when somebody does lovingly lay down their life, there's a difference there. There's love. Evil, the absence of love, the absence of self-gift, the selfishness of I I will not serve, I will not um, do this for the sake of another because it's too much on me, you know, think about if those founding fathers had said, wait a second. I mean, they knew when they signed that thing that there was high likelihood there was going to be a great deal. And if they had lost if they had lost the Revolutionary War, it would have been bad. But even with the win, they experienced that. It was worth it to them because they chose to put their lives, their livelihoods, their fam- everything they had towards this goal of this country. Well, we as Christians are meant to to do the same thing, to be willing to lay down our lives and whatever that entails, what, whatever the results that occur as a result of that um, 
are not as important as to choose to love. Um, and sometimes when you love, um, pain and suffering come because we live in a world that says often you need to look out for your own interests. And if nobody looks at, if you're not looking out for your owners, nobody else is looking out for your, yours. And that's why I think we're in a lot of the situations we're in today. And that's why we have to raise children to understand that, that to be free and to love and to give yourself away doesn't mean that everything is hunky-dory or going to be fine. And in fact, part of the heroic nature of it, part of why there are martyrs and saints is because they chose God, his will, and the others that they were around to the detriment of themselves for the sake of loving God and loving their neighbor. I mean, Maximilian Colby comes to me right off the top of my head. Well, I've got a son named after him, but 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 it the fact that he looked, he's sitting there in the in in a uh concentration camp and they're gonna punish somebody, so they picked this man who is married and with kids. And you know, most of us would say, Well, thank God it's not me, you know. Um yet mm-hmm. Maximilian Colby, you know, said, Well just kill me instead out of love for God and love for, for the man and for all the children and all the impact it would have on his wife and kids if something were to happen. And that's what makes it heroic is he didn't, there was nothing. They weren't like, does anybody want to take his place? I mean, he voluntarily said, let me be taken instead of him. If you're going to kill somebody, go ahead and take my life. And that's a free choice that is heroic that exhibits love. He didn't have to do it. Um, and so, again, those are our examples, the great saints who wouldn't deny Christ. And I think it's so important. We tried with to, to, to recount stories of saints who, were, who loved God so much that they wouldn't, e- even at the cost of their own lives or their own reputation or whatever. I mean, St. Thomas More... You know, I mean, he eventually laid down his life, but he wouldn't back off what was true. And and he said, I, I have to do what I'm doing because this is the truth with regard to dealing with him saying it's okay for, was it, I don't know the history, Henry VIII, or was it Henry VIII? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Henry VIII. Mm-hmm. Um, to break away from the church, to get remarried, you know, all the things that he was trying to do and he would not sign off on it because he said, I'm giving myself to what's true, what's good and what's beautiful so fully that even though the externals are saying, you know, you're going to die as a result of this, or you're going to be in prison for the rest of your life and you're going to never see your wife and children that I'm giving myself to that. And that's where our true joy and happiness comes from, which is again, not what this world Peaks, we were talking, we were, I'm trying to think who, I was talking to one of the kids recently about suffering and how this world abhors suffering. Like suffering is, is worse than death. So to avoid, you know, so many people will, will do whatever they can to avoid whatever suffering's out there. Well, suffering is not. Suffering's part of being a Christian. Suffering's part of that. And it comes because this world is not our is not our own right i mean it's 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 fallen and so it doesn't like love it doesn't like laying one's down one's life down for the sake of another it doesn't like that and therefore it punishes or even sometimes kills or excludes and so there's there are things that um come with freedom that may lead to suffering in this world, but that's not the worst. The worst thing is to be separated from God forever, right? I mean, John Paul II, I think it was in Veritatis Splendor, goes to great lengths about saying, well, you can love God and don't have to do these things. And there were, there were, there were theologians out there saying, you know, basically you can say, I love God kind of you know, behind your back and then still choose to move forward because certainly God wouldn't want this person to 
not be around his wife or children because he's they're going to get punished as a result of them standing up for what is right. And John Paul said that theology dismisses millennia of <laughs> martyrs and saints that 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 have that have chosen to do the hard thing because it was the right thing. It was what they ought to do. And they chose that. And what all came, the consequences that came with it was for the greater good. Doesn't that also ignore the example of the cross? Well, hundred percent, hundred percent. And that, and you know what, you got to ask yourself, what does Jesus mean? Is it reveals man to himself? hundred percent. And that, and that's where, I mean, but there, there were theologians and he went to say, look, I mean, it's the splendor of the truth is it's so the truth is a person. But the truths that are revealed through him, you know, we're that's where our happiness is. And if the world is saying, well, look, you know, I mean, that's what they did to St. Thomas More, right? You know, just sign this thing. Everybody knows you're against it. Mm-hmm. Why would God want you to not go home to your wife and your and your daughter comes and tries to talk to you, writes a letter, you know, saying, please don't do this. I mean, mm-hmm. just just sign it. Everybody knows you're against it. That, that, again, I think actually points back to something that is very Catholic and very Christian from the beginning. What we do matters. Our bodies are given to show the truth. And that's what Jesus' body did for us. What did, what, did, what did his dying on the cross show us? I mean, that is an outward human example of God, because he's God, God loves you and I love you. And I'm willing to go through this because of that truth. The truth is you would all be going to hell if I didn't do it. And I, and, and I being God and being the second person of the most Holy Trinity, I'm going to lay down my life in order to correct the selfishness of Adam and Eve and allow everybody else to have the opportunity to be in heaven with us for, for the greatest good ever, right? That we who don't deserve it have the opportunity to go to heaven because he laid down his body. This is my body given for you. Take up your cross. I mean, it's over and over. <laughs> bear, bear the suffering that comes um, for the sake of God first and for the sake of those people who are in your life and can be impacted by that. And I think that, that that's, imp- that's important to remember. You know, like I said, it comes up in little things. I've told this story before about Madison was dancing probably 10 years old, and they had, they had something. They were doing Les Miserables or some stuff from Les Miserables, and there was a, there was a song. It was, looked like a cute song, but it was making fun of the, of the Pope, you know, um, and the, it was negative. And that we could have done lots of things, right? I, I could have, we could have just said, you're not going to dance in that with no explanation. We're just going to pull it out. Or we could explain it. But what we offered to our daughter, we explained it to her, and she freely said, I want to talk to Miss to, to the head of the place about it, which for a 10-year-old <laughs> is an exercise of freedom that she doesn't have to do. We could have said, well, you're just not going to do it. Now, the cool thing is that's her exercise of freedom. It was standing up knowing that it was probably going to be like, yeah, come on, you're overreacting, or it's really not that big a deal, or whatever. And she said, can't we change it? And if we can't, I'm not going to dance in it. And they changed it, you know? So that is incredible. No, it's, it's unbelievable. But we gave her, we weren't going to make her do that because she was 10 or 11. I mean, she was a young girl, but she said, I, you know, we'd always encouraged our kids, you know, you can, you need to learn how to fend for yourself or at least stand. We're, we're here for you, but do that. So those are, those are the opportunities that you can give your children, which may lead to suffering, right? I mean, that was a scary deal. Now, Steph was with her. It wasn't like she just went in there by herself, but she was able to do 
the talking and they bleeped out the stuff that was that was negative. They still did the dance. It had no reference. And so it was fine and it worked out and we were able to, she was able to kind of put her, what she loved to do out there and realize that if they don't change it or if they don't want to do it, I'm going to have to give up something because I don't agree with it. Well, those are the type of things that we as Christian parents need to look at and, and depending on the kid and depending on the situation, you know, not just necessarily just extract them from it, but learn how to kind of go into the world <laughs> uh, with a Christian and, and be able to offer up the fear, the concern, the whatever um, that's sometimes comes along with, I know if I say this or if I do this or um, that I might have repercussions that will hurt my ability to do what I love to do, or at least for a little bit and be the odd person out or that, you know, what, what, you know, she's weird or whatever. And so I think there's opportunities like that that pop up every once in a while that if you share and engage your children in it, then you can allow them appropriately. We had a pretty good feel for the person that owned the studio and thought she'd be understanding, but we didn't know. And, um, and then we were there with her. So it wasn't like we just sent her into her room and said, go do your thing. But it was a way of kind of saying, you've got, there's something you have to do. Good swallow your pride. It's really not that big a deal. No big deal. I mean, there's lots of things we could have done, but she was brave enough and bold enough, um, to do that with full understanding of why we were concerned about it. Those things are going to come up in parenting. So every once in a while, not, not, not often, um, but it'll, it'll happen. And we've got to show our kids that sometimes you have to choose to do something that is the right thing to do. Did y'all look for those opportunities as parents? Is that something that you, well, we were, kinda we, kept I, your, they kind of came your eyes up. out for, I mean, we looked for them. That's true. But more often than not, it kind of ha- was happening. And then we kind of stepped back and said, okay, this is, this is a, a way or a way to communicate something in real life circumstance about what it means to choose Christ and to be Catholic on the front end. And and there's going to be times when that's going to cause you to be potentially ostracized or, or whatever. Mm -hmm. In this case, it wasn't, they handled it beautifully, you know, even though initially they were like, I think you're overreacting, but do you have other practical tips or stories about how you, how you tried to, you know, inculcate or, or put, raise your children with this understanding of freedom that we've been talking about. Right. So, I mean, there, there are other things, but it's, it is always looking at and trying to get them engaged. I mean, I, this, I think is a decent example. I mean, there was another child who, you know, in high school, middle school, you know, we became aware that there had been some girls that sent out pictures that they were just, they weren't, they weren't, you know, anything bad. They were just pictures and the rating, you know, they were asking right for boys to rate them like one to 10. And, you know, I don't remember how it came up, but we became aware of it. And instead of saying, you know, that's bad, you shouldn't do that, we we talked through it, which I think is part of what we need to do as parents is we have to talk through it. Well, what do you think? What if, what do you think if your sister had done that? You know, like, would you think that'd be really a good thing to having them be rated uh, um, in comparison to other girls? And then we talked about why would that be? And so we talked through – we're all equal in dignity. We all have, we all have, um, you know, every human is in existence because God loved them and put them in existence, regardless of what they look like or how attractive or unattractive they are. So to objectify them and say the only thing that matters or by, by rating, what do you think about that? And he said, well, I wouldn't want my sister to do it. And I said, well, then so so we didn't tell him what to do. We just walked through 
the this moral isn't calculus. A, the, yeah, well, this is what we're thinking about this, and then and then don't disassociate. If you're talking about a girl, think about your own sister. Would that be okay with you? That's always a good practical tool. We've used that multiple times. Like when they'd say, "Well, this is not that big a deal," and they'd say, "Okay, well, let's just take your sister, put her in that situation." Would you be okay with that? Well, no. Well, then. You're also helping, you're forming his conscience there too. Talk about the relationship between freedom and conscience. Well, our conscience is supposed to be what we follow, but, 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 our, but our conscience has to be formed. It's not just what we think is right. It's are, are we willing to go out and search out what is right and listen to it? And that was cool. I mean, you know, he, ended up, he ended up writing basically a letter to all the girls just saying, I'm not going to do this. I think y'all are you know, better than that. I didn't read it, but, but, um, it was very nice, well thought out note to them saying, I think that y'all shouldn't allow this, you know, even though you want it, it's, and, and again, that's a, at risk of not being cool, not being in the, in, in the inner circle to have to go out and do that. But, but conscience is something that we have to help them form because we're supposed to call, we're, Conscience is that inner voice, which we also talk to our kids an awful lot about, is that if you have an inkling, like if there's something deep down inside that says this is wrong, or I really should do this, or I shouldn't do that, we always say be listening to that. Because if that's there, at least be aware that it's there. Because lots of times that is your conscience, and that is God way down deep talking to you. So make them aware that when there's a lack of peace or if there's something that makes you uncomfortable about something you're involved in or might be getting involved in, stop and listen to that and slow down until you actually get a grip on what that is. And so for what what's right and wrong? I mean, conscience is something that uh, I think the church, if you look, if you look it up, it talks about it's the, it's where God is inside you, and that's always going to be consistent, if properly formed, with what God's already revealed. You know that and we make a mistake when we say, "Well, I'm good with it. My conscience is good with it." If we can know that that's against what God has revealed about Himself or about marriage or sexuality or whatever. I mean, and so conscience is something that we have to form, and then we must follow our conscience. Even a misformed conscience, I mean, I think St. Thomas Aquinas would even say, you have to follow your conscience. But a lot of people use that as an excuse (laughs) to do what they want to do, because in their mind they've gotten there, and the reality is, is we have an obligation as parents, when they're raising the kids, to walk them through to form the conscience. Like, hey, this is degrading to these girls. I mean, th- this is, don't you think? I mean, that, that that's kind of how we would present. Don't you think that? I mean, they're, they're being rated based on their outward appearance by itself. I mean, isn't there more to that person than how they look? And then walk them through that. And then the freedom is to not say, well, you have to or you must do or whatever was more to go to the next thing. So given that, what do you think would be your best? Your best. And that's another thing that we always talked about. There's 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 a good choice. There's a better choice. And then there's the best choice. And we always want to try to figure out what the best choice is and try to follow that. Always do the good at a minimum, <laughs> but but you know the good would be I'm just not going to rate it and not say anything. That would be a good that would be a good choice. But better might be to say something to the boys. Best might be to said something to everybody. And but again, we didn't say this is what you have to say or this is what you have to do. And very proud that they did it. But you have to give them the opportunity to exercise that, right? I mean, it's it's like any muscle, yeah. <laughs> You have to find those opportunities, help shape them, but then allow them the freedom to do it. Because I think lots of times as parents, and I think we, we, we make mistakes sometimes, which we've done, is when we make the decision for them. You pull out of that, that's wrong, 
which is true, right? That's wrong. Can't do it. Or we're going to take the phone away from you, you know? Yeah. And, and, and it's part of their, part of their dignity, I think, to use that freedom and go, wow, that was really impressive. That took a lot of guts for you to do that after we help them through the thought process. It, it takes more time than to say no. <laughs> it, it takes more effort to say no. It risks, it risks them not choosing to do that. Right. And so um, if they chose not to do it, then we would say, well, we'll take the phone and, and do that. And that might be the best thing to do at that point too. But you want to at least allow them to do the best, yeah. right? Yeah. Give them the opportunity. And then you might have to step in and say, all right, if you're not going to do that, then here's the phone. We're not going to allow you to participate in that. Right. So, but you don't want to do, if you do that from the beginning, then you're not letting them understand what your thoughts are, engage in a conversation, and then actually use their free will to do something, which you're is what you're you want to You're not giving them opportunities to, to practice. Right, exactly. Exercising their free will in a you know, morally um, fraught environment. Well, I mean, I'll, I'll, you're only giving them kind of safe spaces to exactly. You're kind of making it easier, and then, and then they're not they're right. Not and learning. so, I mean, I've I've used this thing, and it came up in a conversation with my daughter just the other night. The 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 the, the she wanted to go. I've said this multiple times before, but she wanted to go to a movie, and I and she said, "What do you think about this movie?" Well, I pulled it up and looked on a few things. I said, "Don't think it's good for you to go, but you're 20 years old," and she said. Well, dad, just tell me no, and I won't go. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do that. Well, if you tell me no, then I can just tell my friends my parents won't let me go. I'm like, but you're old enough to make that decision, but I don't want to have to. I'm like, well, then go. I mean, I'm not going to stop you from – it was not one that was – it was not like an X-rated movie or anything that would be harmful. That might be a no. This was just like, this is probably not a good movie to go see. And sometimes you have to let them make their own mistake. And that's, again, a calculated risk. Okay, it's probably, this is not going to warp her <laughs> to go do this, but it's probably not a good thing. And then she came back and said, yeah, Dad, you were right. You know, and, and I said, yeah, so next time, you know, maybe listen and stand up as opposed to just going with the flow. So, mm-hmm. uh, and again, so sometimes you let them do it and they choose something that wouldn't be your choice. And again, as a parent, you have to like make a calculated decision. Okay, so if she chooses the wrong thing, is it okay? I mean, is it going to be okay? That's a prayer. Are we going to survive it? Are we going to survive it? Is this something that's like going to warp her for life? Then the answer is, you know, you're not going, period, if you're asking me. This was not that. This was kind of a gray area that was like probably not a good one. So... But again, you're making them understand they have a responsibility to be able to set boundaries for themselves at some point. They yep. can't always turn. They can't turn back to me and say that they may. Well, that's what dad would say. But they still ultimately have to do with their own voice, their own body, say, I'm not going to go. And so th- there's some risk involved in that. But I think it's a calculated risk that allowed her to come back and say, and me be able to say, well, okay, the next time I, if you ask my opinion, you might take me up on it. Yeah. (laughs) This is a smaller example. And this is with younger children. Um, But I think somebody like uh, Jordan Peterson has spoken to this and the title of his book that was popular a few years ago, um, 12. 12, 12 rules for living. I think one of the chapter titles was pick up your room. (laughs) <laughs> and there was an expletive after it. But I think group, helping ch- children to to learn how to do that, to learn how to be responsible with their space and with their things and with uh, right. picking up and putting away and cleaning and taking care of the common things that are of the family, like their dishes, for example, um, and not with you always standing over them. Like, but them developing that habit, um, that's an important stepping stone to them being able to make controlled decisions and have self-government and have self-control when they're older and when when they're out of your 
right. your direct supervision. Because um, if they can't make themselves uh, put the put the dish away when they're done with it, when they're and nobody's looking, then they're not going to make themselves yep. do the right thing when it comes to a, a lot uh, things that are a lot more difficult to resist doing or to indulge in. Right. And so we had, we had a hundred percent. And I, and I, and I was just, as you were talking about that, we used to say to the kids, like, so if they wanted to go play or whatever, we would say, do you have the freedom to do that? Which meant what? Have you picked up your, have you done what you're supposed to do? Have you done your homework? Mm -hmm. Have you done whatever? We didn't say, have you done your homework? I said, do you have the freedom to do that? Mm -hmm. Have you fulfilled your obligations? That's a good line. And, and so the kids got you, do you have the freedom? And they'd have to think, well, what does that, what does that mean? Well, okay. Yeah, I've, I've done that. I've done that. I've that. Yeah, I, I do have the freedom. Okay, go. Now, now, if you went in and realized that they, they didn't, we'd point out, well, you really didn't have the freedom to do that. Mm -hmm. So the next time you ask, we're not, I mean, if you're going to answer, answer truthfully. truthfully. Um, so, but I think that again, puts it back on them to begin to evaluate it's which is what they have to do in college, right? Or in other places. Do I have the freedom to go out tonight? I got a test tomorrow I haven't studied for, and my friends are asking me to go to do something. Do I have the freedom? No, I don't. I, I've, I've got to do what I'm supposed to do. So anyway, mm -hmm. I know you had something else to do, but hopefully that was helpful. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it, I, I just think it's important for us as Catholics to, to um, realize um, that we need to teach our children what, freedom really is in a world that throws freedom around um, willy-nilly sometimes in terms of what it, how it's defined. So anyway, hopefully the truth, that was good. The truth will set you free. The That's truth our, will set you free. That's, That's our memory verse. Yeah. Or, or we can do Galatians 5.1, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand fast, therefore, and do not submit again to the yoke of slavery. Remember... Uh, always pray, parent with a purpose, and prepare for God to amaze you. He will always. God bless you guys. Bye.